You're listening to Summer School, Elevate Church's summer teaching series. If you'd like more information about Elevate Church, you can check us out online at www.elevatechurch.ms. We're in our current sermon series is called Summer School. So summer school is where you're going to hear lessons from the pastors at Elevate Church. You're going to, it's a teaching series. We're all going to get to talk to you about something that's really important to us. And leadership is really important to me. And so the way we're going to talk about leadership is we're going to take that word lead, and then we're going to make an acrostic out of it. So that means that for each letter in the word lead, we're going to talk about a good behavior, a good thing that leaders do. And so we're going to start with the letter L. So I think that every good leader has to lead. I know you guys are like, wait a second. That's kind of easy, kind of obvious, isn't it? And it is kind of obvious, but what I want you to know is that every leader is going to have an opportunity to say yes or to say no to that thing that God wants them to do. So what we're going to do for each of these behaviors, we're going to look in the Bible, we're going to dig down, and we're going to look at somebody that's had this behavior. They've, given, they've been given a chance to do this thing. And so today, we're going to talk about Moses. So let me give you a little backstory on Moses. <clears throat> Moses was born in Egypt in a time where the Egyptians were trying to control the Egyptian, I mean the Hebrew population. So Hebrew is a Hebrew boy born in Egypt in a time where they were killing newborn Hebrew boys. They did this because the Egyptians had enslaved the Hebrew people and they wanted to keep them under control. They didn't want an uprising. And so Moses' biological mother, rather than let him be killed, by the Egyptian officials, she said, I'm not going to do that. So she floated in a basket in a river, and she prayed that somebody would find him. And somebody did. And not just anybody found Moses. A member of the royal household in Egypt found Moses. She raised him as her own. But still, Moses was abandoned, and Moses was a stranger in a strange land, a Hebrew person raised in an Egyptian household. And then God gives him something crazy, crazy to do. And so on top of all this, I, this to me sounds like a recipe for confidence issues. Moses is abandoned, he's a stranger, and we know that Moses had a stutter. He didn't speak very well. And so it doesn't matter how good you think you are at something, God may ask you to do something that's way outside of your comfort zone. I don't know if God's done that to you, and you've been like, no, that's not me. I can't do that. But I want you to know it can happen. So let's look at the Bible. Let's go to the Bible. This is Exodus chapter 3. And so this is the Lord talking to Moses when he gives him this assignment. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Y'all didn't think I could say all those words. I got it. <laughs> Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. So let me give you a little perspective again. Moses, the stranger and the stutterer, God appears to him and said, I want you, I want you to go to those people and I want you to free them. And so this is a crazy, crazy thing that God's asked Moses to do. And so I know sometimes when we pray, 
we pray and we feel like God, God may send us a person, he may give us a circumstance, and he may say, I want you to do this thing. And we'll say, no, that's not me. Well, it was even more elaborate for Moses. Moses had a burning bush appear in front of him and an audible voice of God that said, do this thing, and he still said no. But here's the thing. Moses was a regular guy. And I think if we're all honest with each other, I know if I'm honest with myself, I'd be like, I ain't doing that. I'm not going to do that. I can't even speak. And so I want to show you something. Moses doesn't, he doesn't decline this or argue with this just once. He does it five times. He says, no, I don't want to do this. Here's the first one in 3.11. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? So that's one. And then two, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of the ancestors has sent me to you, then they'll ask, what is his name? What do I even tell them? So first, I don't want to do this. Second, what should I even tell them? And again, he protests, what if they don't believe me? What if they say you're crazy? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And then he gets more intense and it says, but Moses pleaded, he's begging. Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue tied and my words get tangled. This is where we, one of the references where we think Moses has a stutter. And then finally, Moses who just doesn't want to do this thing and feels like he can't. He begs, Lord God, please, that anyone else. Anybody been in that position? I know I have. Somebody else needs to do that. I can't do it. Now, the God of the Old Testament gets a bad rap sometimes. And it's understandable because there's a lot of wrath that's poured out in the Old Testament. But I want you to see something I'd never seen before. The God of the Old Testament who lit a burning bush on fire and spoke to Moses, just a person, a regular person, in an audible voice, he sat there and argued with Moses because he wants to help us do the things he gives us to do. He wants us to say yes. And so Moses says yes. Here's how the story kind of unfolds. God says, okay, I know you can't speak, so I'm gonna send you a guy named Aaron. God sends Aaron, Aaron helps Moses, and they free the people of Israel from the Egyptians because Moses said yes. That's the first thing a leader's gotta do. You may not feel like right now you've had that opportunity to do that, and you may not have, but I think there are gonna be times in your life where God's gonna say, do this thing, go to Pharaoh. And you're gonna have the opportunity to say yes or no. And if you say yes, you may not know all the answers. God's gonna get you there. So you're gonna be given opportunities to lead. All right, next up, we're doing E. So we're gonna stick with Moses. We're gonna talk about him a little bit more. So we go a few years down the line and the Israelites are wandering through the wilderness and Moses is doing his very best to lead them. And so he's actually sitting before the people as a judge. He's trying to solve their problems. He's trying to be the best leader that he can. And then Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, comes to him and talks to him about it. And Pastor Todd talked about this uh, Wednesday night. Jethro's a smart guy. I want you to see what he says. Because leaders, Leaders have to empower those that are around them. So let's, let's look at the Bible. Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 18. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. So Moses just sits down, it's all day. He's doing this thing. Next verse. Then when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here. Jethro, this is Jethro. He's a smart guy. What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around from morning till evening? 
Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. So when a dispute arises, they come to me. I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and I give them his instructions. And then this is not good. Moses' father-in-law exclaimed, you're gonna wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. And that's what I want you to see. Jethro told Moses, this job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. So what did I say before? I said that everybody leads. I think everybody's gonna get this opportunity to say yes or no. And I think everybody's a regular person. If Moses couldn't do it alone, you can't do it alone either. You're, sometimes in life, you're gonna be given this great task. God's gonna give it to you. Or you could be given this great task at work. You've got to surround yourself with people and give them the power. You've got to empower them to help you. So here's what, here's what Jethro told Moses. And I love this. This is very, very fatherly. Moses says, now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. Sit down, shut up, and listen. I think that's, it just feels, I'd never read it like that, but it feels like that to me. Let me give you some advice. And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. So teach the people. Be their leader. But then Jethro says, select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the big cases, the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will carry the load, making the task easier for you. Set aside people around you, empower them, they will carry the task, making it easy for you to carry the load. So you've got to empower the people around you. Here's something important. So I've never had the privilege to work with folks like I work with at Elevate Church. Pastor Robert, Pastor Randall, these guys, Pastor Tommy, who you heard speak last week, these guys are some of the most passionate. I mean, they want to change Vicksburg and really the world. That's why Elevate is the way it is. We want to reach others. We want to reach those far from Christ. But I want you to know something. We cannot do it alone. And that's why we empower you guys to help us. So two weeks ago, we baptized 13 people. I don't know about you guys, but I grew up in churches that didn't baptize two people a year. We baptized 13 people. 13 people, right, come on. They turned and they went from death to life. They made a decision to be different, to change, to walk, to pivot towards God. If you did anything, if you poured a cup of coffee, said hello, shook a hand, waved a sign at somebody coming in or found a seat, you had a hand in those 13 people turning from death to life. That's why we empower you to help us. So if we're asking for volunteers, it's because we believe everything that you do at the church, everything that we do is important. The smallest thing can change a person's life forever. That's why you have to empower the people around you to really accomplish what God asks you to do. And so next up, leaders have to say yes. They've gotta say, yes, I'm gonna do this thing. They've gotta empower those around them to help them. And then they've got to accept the risk that may be inherent in a plan that God gives them. Now, if you're following me, and if you're thinking through, this first and third one are a little similar. You can say yes, but here's the deal. 
I think it's pretty easy to say yes to do something, but I think it's harder to stick with that thing when times get hard, when the risk gets real, and when God really asks you to buy the farm, to change everything, to risk everything. So let's look at a guy. We're gonna look at Jonah. <clears throat> and what's important here, like I said before, everyone leads. Jonah's a regular guy. Jonah gets a crazy, crazy ask from God. So in Jonah chapter one, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. Let me give a little backstory. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. In Assyria, there were some bad dudes. Assyria was a terrible and ruthless nation. So God anyway says, Jonah, you go to Assyria. Go preach to them. Tell, tell these people that go around doing terrible things that they're bad and I'm going to judge them. That doesn't sound like a formula for success to me, but that's what God tells Jonah to do. And then here we go. But Jonah, I love this. Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket. He went on board hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So Jonah gets this crazy, crazy ask and he doesn't want to give up his comfort and his security. He doesn't want to accept that risk. So he turns around and he goes the other way. So I don't know about you guys, and I don't know if God's ever let you run, but I think God sometimes will let us run. He'll give us a crazy thing. He'll say, I want you to do this, and he'll let us run. But I think he does that sometimes because he wants to teach us. Because I know in my life, God has let me run. So in 2012, I lost my job. I had a completely different career. I had a completely different outlook on life. I had my own plans. It was going. I was good to go. And then, boom crashed to a halt. I lost nearly everything, lost my job, had no hopes. And so I'd always felt, I always felt like there was a small chance that I could go into ministry. I felt like there was this little, little, you know, voice in the back of my head, you should probably do that. But I kind of tucked it away and I said, well, I'll do just enough. And so for years I did just enough for me to be satisfied with that calling that God had given me. But I want you to know that what's enough for us is not always what's enough for God. Amen? Is that right? So when I lost my job, I had, these, I had this point where I could make decisions, but I tried to fix it. I'm a fixer. I can't help myself. Most guys are. We like to fix things. And so I did, I did everything I could. I did interviews. I traveled. I sent resumes all over the state. I made phone calls. I worked hard to try and course correct my life on my own but that didn't work. And so I'm here to tell you today, if you're running from God, I don't think he's gonna let you run from long, for long, but all you're gonna get if you run from God is tired. It's just gonna make you tired. That's what it made me. It made me tired. So for months, I just ran on this treadmill and I had these doors, door after door, just slammed in my face. Nope, 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 didn't work out. And so there came this moment, there came this pivot point now, I don't think that God asks you often in your life to risk everything, but I do think he'll ask most of us to do that at least once in our lives. And I think God asked me to risk everything. So I did. As a family, we decided we were gonna risk everything. So I pivoted towards God, and it was kind of like this hallway of doors like flung open. And I wanna be clear here. Just because God opens a door for you doesn't mean it's gonna be easy. 
It was still hard. But I'll guarantee you that the comfort and security I thought I was pursuing wasn't there. And then when I turned towards God and pivoted, there was comfort and security. My life changed. This is what Jonah does. So Jonah's pivot point, he's on the boat. They're sailing to Tarshish. There's this crazy storm overtakes the boat. Everybody's freaking out. And Jonah pivots. And he says, it's my fault. I'm running from my God. Throw me overboard. Can you imagine that? Let's say you go on a cruise ship. You know, rogue wave comes out of nowhere, takes out the boat. And you're, everybody's flipping out. And you're like, oh, y'all can throw me overboard and, and that'll solve the problem. That's crazy. But that's what Jonah does. He pivots, they throw him in the water, he miraculously makes it to Nineveh, he preaches, and thousands upon thousands of people are spared God's wrath because Jonah goes to Nineveh. Jonah accepts the risk, what would have been a death sentence, he accepts it and he says, I don't care, I'm gonna do it. And so I think that as leaders, and I'm telling you, everybody here, you're gonna have a chance to lead, you've got to say yes to that crazy thing. You've got to empower people around you to lift you up, to help you carry the load. You've got to accept that risk. I don't think it happens all the time, but sometimes God's gonna ask you to risk it, so you've got to accept that risk. And then finally, I think you've got to defend the people around you. So let's talk about another guy. We've talked about Moses, we've talked about Jonah, and now, we're gonna talk about Joseph. So this is not, this is not Joseph, uh, Jesus' father. This is Joseph, son of Jacob. So I'm gonna give you a little backstory on Joseph. Joseph is the 11th son of 12 sons of Jacob. And Joseph is also clearly the favorite. You know, Jacob's got a few favorites, but he really loves Joseph the absolute most. And so what's important about these 12 guys is they're actually the ancestors of the tribes of Israel. So Jacob's 12, Jacob's 12 sons, they go on, they're the ancestors of the tribes of Israel. So they really are the founders of the nation that changed the world. That's important. We're gonna come back to that in just a minute. So Joseph, 11th son, he's really the favorite, and uh, he's kind of showing it off to him. You know, he's, he's, he's kind of letting everybody know that he's the favorite, and his brothers, they get tired of it. And then one day they decide to change, to change that thing, to change Joseph. They don't want to deal with it anymore. And so for a moment, I want you to think about maybe the worst thing that somebody's ever done to you. Now, I'm not going to stand here and presume that that thing is better or worse than what Joseph's brothers did to him, but I know that nothing anybody has ever done to me holds a candle to what his brothers did to Joseph. So they strip Joseph, they throw him in a hole, they leave him for dead, and they eventually get him sold to a group of slavers that carry him to Egypt. And they tell his father that he's dead. So they think in their minds, well, I don't wanna kill him, but we'll be rid of him. Out of sight, out of mind. So Joseph gets drugged to Egypt, he's put into slavery. And now, miraculously, God always enables us, right? Joseph rises through the ranks in Egypt. And he actually becomes a very powerful person in Egypt. And he's given great responsibility, and I think he's given opportunity. Now, I'm getting back to defending people. We're almost there. So a great famine, a great famine strikes Egypt. And really, all the surrounding areas, and it puts Joseph's family in mortal danger. 
And Joseph, who has had this terrible thing, I don't know how I'd respond in this situation. It would have been very easy for Joseph to sit in his comfortable house with his food and his comfortable life and say, I'm good. They gave up on me, I'm gonna give up on them. Whatever, whatever will be, will be. Just like his brothers said to him, whatever. He could have done the same thing to his brothers and said, I give up on you, you can die. I don't care, I'm not gonna help you. But Joseph doesn't do that. Joseph takes this opportunity and he actually defends his brothers. He saves his brothers from death. So Joseph brings his entire family to Egypt. He provides for them, he helps them. And so we're getting towards the end here. So I'm wrapping up. There's something important I want you to see about this story. I've never quite read it this way. So we know that Jesus Christ was descended from the nation of Israel. What I didn't realize is that Jesus doesn't come from Joseph. Joseph had those 12 brothers, remember? And so Judah, one of Joseph's brothers, is actually the, the ancestor of Jesus Christ. And so if Joseph, now I'm not gonna presume to know what happens. I know that God finds a way, but I know that Joseph played a huge part in saving the entire world. Because if Joseph had let his brothers die, Judah's not in the picture. Joseph didn't do that. He saves his entire family. He brings Judah in his house and he enables the greatest plot that we have ever, ever known. He enables us to have Jesus Christ. And so what I want you to know, what I want you to know today is as a leader and honestly as a person, because people lead, sometimes you're gonna have to look past the way others have treated you in your past so that you can give them a future because people are not always gonna treat you the way you believe you need to be treated. But sometimes God's gonna ask you to put that aside, to bring those people close so that they can have a future with you. And what's important about that is that's what Jesus Christ does for us. So I wanna take a minute. Let's take a minute and think about that. There's a couple things I want you to think about. And so we can go ahead, we can bow our heads. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes because I really wanna focus in. I want you to really think because not everybody feels like they're a leader, but I think that God gives us great, truly great opportunities to lead. So I want you to think, is there any situation in your life? Is there any time where maybe God's asked you just to say yes? Like Joseph, just say yes, please just do this thing for me. I will help you, but I can't tell you everything right now. Is there a time where God's asked you that? Is there a time right now in your life, do you need help? Do you need to bring others around you to help you carry the load? Is God asking you to risk it all? Again, God doesn't ask us to do that often, but I can promise you when he does, it's hard to feel anything. But what he's asking you to do, is God asking you to risk? Is he asking you to accept that risk? Or is God just asking you to defend somebody around you? I want you to think if God's asking you any of those things, and I want you to think about how you may be responding to it. Because like I said earlier, God will let you run. But I promise, I don't, I don't think he's gonna let you run long. And I don't want you to run long, and I don't want you to be tired. I hope today you can maybe look at this situation in a different light. Maybe you can turn towards God, you can pivot in a way that you can let God 
lead you to something better. But next, I want you to think about your own spiritual life. So I don't believe that we can come up here and we can teach at Elevate without giving you an opportunity to know Christ. I think that's extraordinarily important and special that we get to do that every Sunday. And I don't, I don't know, well I do know, that you can't be the leader that God really wants you to be if you're not in God's family. So today, I want you to evaluate your life. I want you to look back and I want you to think if you are in God's family. Have you ever repented of your sins? Have you ever said, God, change me, live in me? And if you haven't done that, I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. I'm not even gonna ask you to raise your hand or anything. I just want you to pray with me. So let's pray. Lord, now I want you to repeat it with me. You can do it silently. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've sinned against you and there's nothing that I can do on my own to save myself. I know that you sent Jesus Christ to change my life, to change me and to save me. I repent of my sins. God, live in me. Help me be better. Amen. Now, this is important. If you prayed that, don't just leave today. And if you still have questions, don't just leave today. Remember, Elevate Church exists to reach those far from Christ. If you're far from Christ, or if you just came to know Christ, stay with us. Write us a note, tell us that you did. Talk to one of the pastors here, it's what we live to do. Talk to us, let us know, we wanna help you take the next step on this journey, because this, I promise, that's the best journey you're ever gonna take. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.